Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all your latest developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's BetOnline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's podcast. Uh, you're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, for this week's episode, I wanted to touch on some NFL news, uh, discuss Jimmy G, potential trade options. Uh, the 49ers are still holding on to him, um, has yet to be traded. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I know I've mentioned him past couple episodes and haven't talked about the trade, so I will this time. That'll be the first thing to talk about. Uh, update on Debo Samuel, um, discuss uh, Sam Darnold and the situation in Carolina, um, some NBA news, uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, let's see, some Donovan Mitchell, and then discuss a little uh, Zach Wilson, and then an up- update on the uh, conference realignment uh, in college sports, mainly uh, Pac-12 and Big 12 and see what happens with the with the uh, remaining schools. Um, so first, we'll get into the NFL. We'll discuss Baker Mayfield. He was uh, finally traded. Those I I think it was one of the bigger um, names, I guess, uh, which says a lot about the QB trade market. Um, after it dried up with um, yet Russell Wilson leaving, he had a, a lot of uh, big names switching teams this offseason. But uh, the Browns, you know, they made a decision with. Deshaun Watson that we all know about and um you know they gave him was it it ended up being like a 236 million dollar contract the first year is only a hundred or one million dollars because you know he might get suspended but the rest of that is guaranteed um so because of the way they handled that Baker Mayfield had requested a trade wanted out of there did not want to play in Cleveland but then the Browns asked um you know they heard that Deshaun Watson might be suspended for the whole season coming up and um, they couldn't go back on the word and say hey Baker you know we need you to play for this season since uh, Deshaun is out uh, but you know they, they were not communicating at the time so um, they ended up trading him to Carolina which Carolina was also interested in uh, Jimmy Garoppolo but that hadn't happened yet so now you see Baker Mayfield in Carolina and um, they've already said that it's going to be open competition with him and Sam Darnold. And for Sam Darnold, you know, there was a lot of uh, potential when he came out of USC. I was excited for him to come out. I, I thought, you know, I was hopeful. I thought the 49ers would draft him because um, he, he showed a lot of promise. It was his sophomore year. He was um, he had that big year at USC. And then his, his year back was junior year. He got injured a lot. And, you know, USC wasn't they weren't highly ranked at all. And they had just had a bad season. Um, and then he gets drafted by the Jets, and then the whole seeing ghost thing happened, and he just never had 
a good roster around him and, you know, bad front office and bad coaching. And, you know, for a young quarterback like that, when you're coming into a situation and you're if you're with a poorly run organization, you're going to fail, right? But then now you have to go to a better situation and, you know, revive your career. And Carolina gave up a lot for uh, for Sam Darnold. And uh, they thought that he would be the guy that they could help revive his career. But that hasn't happened yet. He was, he's was he been terrible in Carolina. He started off really well, actually, those first six games. I think they started off four and two. We looked good. He wasn't turning the ball over. You know, he had Christian McCaffrey. You know, they were they're making some plays. But he eventually got benched for uh, just a, a completely washed up Cam Newton. So, you know, they brought Cam Newton back three times, he was, but Cam was just terrible. He was 0, 0 for 5, 0 and 5 in, the, in those five stars he had, and just, he couldn't throw the ball. He's just, it, it was done, right? And um, so then they go back to Sam Darnold, but then Sam Darnold's benched for the rest of the year. So Carolina's had a lot of quarterback issues here recently, and then now they bring in Baker Mayfield, who is, he's good, but he's not good enough to be the the right away presumed number one starter or the starter from from after the trade so now it's an open competition with with him and Sam Darnold two you know one number one overall pick recently and the other one I think he was number two Sam Darnold was um so I mean I don't really know what Carolina is doing they they made some moves there to try to you know uh upgrade their quarterback position they drafted Matt Corral who I think probably is eventually going to be a starter there but he's not ready yet um, maybe he starts like a, a week 15 game or something like that but um, I don't see any uh, any significant progress here with this Carolina team um, you know Matt Rule is probably on the hot seat after this season if they don't play well or if Baker Mayfield doesn't play well if they don't make the playoffs because the NFC South this year it's a strong division mainly because of you know Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but after that it's pretty it's pretty weak you know you have uh, Matt Ryan is out of out of uh, Atlanta, and then New Orleans. You know, I guess they have Jameis Winston back, but you know they lo- they've lost uh, Sean Payton. So who knows how good they can be? So there is there is some room there for Carolina if uh, Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, and you know they kind of get the offense going right. But you know, last couple of years McCaffrey has been injured for I think he's missed like a, a probably like fourteen games the past seasons combined. Um, so that's what they'll need in order for Baker Mayfield to be successful. But Baker had a better roster in Cleveland, and when they were all healthy, they they were in the playoffs. You know, since the first time in the first time since was it 2006, and they they actually won a playoff game. Um, so with the, a weaker roster there in Carolina, I don't expect them or Baker Mayfield to really play that well. And then after that, they would have to pay him. So the year after this upcoming season. Would be interesting to see if they they pull the plug on that experiment or they decide to sign them long term. Um, but yeah, that's the situation in Cleveland and in Carolina. And then update on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, there was reports that he might be traded by the end of this month, which is July. And there's some, I guess, some. He's more of a bridge quarterback right now. I think he can still be a starter, but he's not like he's not the franchise guy. But right now, he's a starter. Um, until you get you know a younger guy that you would like. Like I think he would have been good in in um, uh, what is it? Uh, Carolina, uh, the Houston Texans might be looking at him, and I think that his market has kind of dried up. The 49ers may have overplayed their hand with Jimmy Garoppolo because you know he got injured, and then they're holding on to him. They got a couple offers when his value was at the highest, and 
they refused. But I think, you know, the only reason why they're holding on to him is to have some uh, Trey Lance insurance. Because if they truly believe that Trey Lance is the guy, it's the same thing with Jordan Love and, and the Green Bay Packers. If Green Bay really believed in Jordan Love, they would have traded Aaron Rodgers and be like, hey, it's okay. We got our we have our future quarterback right here in Jordan Love, and he's looked great in practice. But he wasn't looking good, so they didn't do that. And they renegotiated with Aaron Rodgers, and they kept him there because Jordan Love wasn't ready. Uh, I think the same thing's happening with the 49ers, but they're not coming out and saying it as, as clearly as the Packers did because they're holding on to Jimmy G, and they're like, oh, we want to get him in the best situation or whatever, whatever. I think they're kind of hoping that it dries up so that they could keep Jimmy G for another year, either as a, a backup or or a starter when um, if Trey Lance just isn't ready this year. But by all indications, you know, a lot of players are saying that uh, Trey is ready. But I just, I don't know. I don't think the front office truly believes it because I feel like they would have traded Jimmy G already, you know, if they had something. Because they did get pretty good uh, offers for him early on and then they just kind of held on to him. So we'll see they either might um cut him or i don't think they'll cut him i think they'll i think they'll end up keeping him uh this year and this will probably be the last year cuz i think he's still under contract uh but we'll see how that ends up and then you know that's kind of tied to the Debo Samuel situation haven't seen any updates on on Debo Samuel he was all over the news before like a month or two ago and he was demanding trade he was out partying and stuff and rejecting uh, 49ers stuff but um by all indications, it, it's pointing towards him staying with the 49ers. I think they're gonna they're renegotiating, um, so uh, some contract discussions or they're talking about it again. But there hasn't been any um, any news about him signing a new contract yet or holding out because he was still he was there at um, voluntary mini camps, I think, and he's still kind of involved. So I I think that situation's gonna improve on its own um but it, he does want a contract so we'll we'll see if they actually want to pay him or not uh let's see and then update on kd and Kyrie. so apparently there was some um uh, this was what chris broussard said on uh whatever fox show he is he he's on he said that kd does want to play with the golden state warriors which i i couldn't even believe that because if you if he did want to play with the warriors and then he got traded back over there he would just get it's so much more uh, Twitter hate that he just responds to all the time than he does already. You know, if you you just you you go to the Warriors that who you, who beat you when you guys were up three one, and then they win the championship, and then you join them, and then you win two championships, and then you're like, oh, you know what? I don't want this. I want to go play with Kyrie Irving, and then you leave, and then they win again, and then you go back over. like that. Just no, there's no way that that's true at all. I don't I don't believe that. I think he's eyeing uh, Phoenix and or uh, the Miami Heat. But the Miami Heat, they, they don't have a, an enticing enough package for the Brooklyn Nets to acquire Kevin Durant. And I think the the Phoenix Suns, they would have to trade DeAndre Ayton probably. Or if you could do a combination of DeAndre Ayton and, uh, or not DeAndre uh, Booker, uh, Devontae, or not, uh, Devin Booker, Jesus. Uh, DeAndre Ayton or Mikhail Bridges, like maybe like a Cam Johnson or... You know some picks, but that's not enough because there's but there's no way the Phoenix Suns are going to trade uh, Devin Booker because they want to they want to have Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and CP3 together. But there was some interesting news regarding um, the potential trade with Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, DeAndre Ayton signed a 
was it like it was like a four year, hundred thirty three million dollar offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers, which means um, the Phoenix Suns had the forty eight hours to match, and if they don't match, then he walks away and goes to the the Pacers, and the uh, the Suns don't get anything in return. But so if the if the Suns do match, then he's back with the Suns and he gets that 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 full four year, hundred thirty three million dollar contract. And then after that, then the Phoenix Suns can decide if they a they either want to trade him or b they want to keep him. Um, so I thought it was interesting the timing because they knew that they had been eyeing Kevin Durant for like the last year and a half, and Kevin Durant they had been you know looking at each other from afar from across the room and like okay, kind of interested, right? And but the main piece would have been DeAndre Ayton because he's he's the most valuable person on that team that they're willing to trade. Um, but then now that they match that offer, that means that they're either going to run it back with who they have, which I, I they couldn't lose DeAndre in and, and then expect to be number one in the West like they just were. Um, so I guess they're either going to run it back with him or use that contract, that four-year, $133 million contract, to trade him to either Brooklyn or somewhere else to get a big return and then so that the contracts match up, right? So the year the contracts match up and then... You could potentially do that with a Kevin Durant uh, contract, but Brooklyn doesn't even want DeAndre Ayton. They they want Devin Booker, so I don't think that's that's happening. And I think the Suns um, got indication from the Brooklyn Nets that they're not willing to trade him just for DeAndre Ayton and some other players and some picks. So um, that's why they they matched the offer, and I think that tells us okay, DeAndre Ayton's not getting traded for Kevin Durant, so they're probably going to run it back there in Phoenix. Um, and then Kyrie came out, or his agent, there was a, not his agent, it was an article that said that he actually didn't ask for a trade, and he wants to stay in Brooklyn, so <laughs> I think that that's both parties, um, I think Kyrie realizing his, his market isn't as big as he would like it to be, and then Brooklyn not getting great offers for Kyrie Irving, so they're just kind of, oh no, we're, he's going to stay here, so they're just trying to get some leverage in that situation, don't think it's going to be working, but um, I think they, Katie and Kyrie, end up staying in Brooklyn because there's not a big enough package to get those guys in return. And and Brooklyn, they, I mean, they're both of them are under contract, and especially with Kevin Durant, he's under contract for four years. Unless he decides to sit out and completely like throws a game like James Harden was doing, or gains a bunch of weight, but I don't see that happening. Um, he just he likes playing basketball. That's all he does. So I don't think and I can't see him sing out for the entire year or anything like that. Um, but I do expect both of them to stay with their teams. And then update in uh, in Utah with Donovan Mitchell. So this was about last month. I had mentioned you know the Rudy Gobert Donovan Mitchell situation. It's I think it's at a at a boiling point. I think they need to blow up the team. So they end up trading Rudy Gobert. Um, just because, you know, they're both, you know, they're perennial all-stars. They're making, you know, they're getting, um, you know, good records in the, se- in the regular season, making the playoffs, but they're just not good enough to get over that hump. And, you know, that's evident over the last few years, you know, they, I think Donovan Mitchell has been in the league for five years and, um, he's been in the playoffs every year. Right. But there's a certain point where you reach where you have the same guys and um because i kept saying like oh they're gonna be two or three in the west um i think they can make a deep run this year because continuity all these other all these other teams are switching players and stuff but there's only there's only a couple teams like the warriors had continuity with their core guys and so did the jazz and i'm like well i'm like if the warriors could do it I'm like why can't the jazz just make a deep run this year but 
Um, you know, they were, they had some holes in their offense and just the way that their team was uh, constructed. And uh, Dan Snyder, he just decided to, he didn't want to coach. He was like, I'm out. I don't want to coach uh, the Utah Jazz anymore. And Danny Ainge came in, made a great trade uh, by trading away Rudy Gobert because that return he got from Minnesota was huge. He smelled the desperation from Minnesota and got a bunch of picks, some unprotected ones. And um, But then they came out and said, uh, that Donovan Mitchell, he he's not requesting a trade right now, which I thought was kind of weird because I'm like, well, you just traded Rudy Gobert, and then now you're tanking, but why would you keep, how old is Donovan Mitchell, like 26? I'm like, it just didn't make sense to me for them to keep Donovan Mitchell. I'm like, well, you, there's a trade market out there for him, so if you're trying to clean house and, and start tanking and, and load up on some picks and then build through the draft, then why wouldn't you j just trade your best player in Donovan Mitchell, right? Um and, but then his his team, Donovan Mitchell's team, had said, oh, well, you know, we want to stay, Pat. We like it here in Utah, whatever, whatever. I'm just like, okay, I don't really I don't really believe that. I'm like, all right. But then all of a sudden, two days after that, it said, like, oh, Utah is um, they're open to listening to offers regarding Donovan Mitchell. So I think Danny Ainge was trying to play his hand, trying to generate some interest. and um, Or so another theory was that uh, Donovan Mitchell privately asked for a trade, but then Utah didn't want to share the news, ESPN or Bleach Report or something like that, because they wanted to hold on to their leverage there and didn't want um, those desperation calls from certain teams. So uh, now they're, I think they're actively shopping Donovan Mitchell. I've mentioned the New York Knicks in the past. Um, he's a Mets fan. I think he grew up in the area. Um, he'd be a perfect fit for, for the New York Knicks, I think. But it all depends if the Knicks don't have to trade uh, R.J. Barrett. But they play the same position, so I don't know what what they're doing there. They would definitely trade Julius Randle, which in return, um, the Utah Jazz would probably buy out Julius Randle. Um, he's just uh, he's, he doesn't fit the timeline for the Utah Jazz. If uh, if they're trading Donovan Mitchell, you can't bring on uh, Julius Randle and just play him. You have to you probably have to uh, flip him somewhere else or just buy him out. Um, but another team I, I would really like to see Donovan Mitchell play would be, and you know, not the Knicks, because I mean the Knicks that'd be a big offseason for him if they acquire um, Jalen Brunson, they hold on to R.J. Barrett, and then they bring in Donovan Mitchell. That'd be good for them because they, you know, they haven't been able to bring in um, top tier talent. Or I mean, I'm not saying Jalen Brunson's top tier talent, but you know, he had a good year, and you know, he's better than what they have right now. But um, in Donovan Mitchell's situation, I'd like to see him go to Miami. Miami's like one one piece away from from winning the NBA championship. Like they keep making runs with this team who's not as talented as these other teams like the Bucks or even the Celtics or you know you can name it or on the West is the Warriors or like the Lakers that year in 2020. But they just they have the grit, they have that that heart that they play with, and they're led by Jimmy Butler, who you know Jimmy Butler is a star in his role, and you know in the regular season. He might be struggling offensively, might not have it, but in the playoffs, you can count on Jimmy on uh, on uh, not Jimmy G, on uh, Jimmy Butler to have a big game in the playoffs or in the NBA Finals. He'll he'll put on forty, and you know he did that this past year too. So, but they were just they're missing something. They they didn't have a lot of help from Tyler Hero or um, you know Bam was kind of up and down. Uh, Duncan Robinson was unplayable. You know, so they just need another person that they can rely on game in, game out. You know, they had Victor Oladipo, who was, 
you know, he's missed like the last two years, basically. They're like, all right, we're going to throw you in there. We're going to see what you got. And, you know, he was a top, what, 15 player before his, his couple injuries. And, you know, they had to rely on him to play big minutes and big games in the playoffs. So, um, and, you know, um, Kyle Lowry had some big games, but, you know, he wasn't healthy all the time. So if they can somehow get Donovan Mitchell, who's younger, kind of, you know, um, he can lead the offense, you know, for extended periods of time, you know, maybe more so than Jimmy Butler, um, you know, that could be a, a solid number two, you know, to Jimmy B- Butler because they, they've been missing someone. That's why they're looking at Bradley Beal. That's why they're looking at Kevin Durant. They're looking at, um, you know, they're looking all, at all kinds of other guys that can help alleviate the pressure off of Jimmy uh, Butler when these other guys aren't aren't producing or they're not showing up in the big moment. So um, that's where I would like uh, Donovan Mitchell to go. Um, that would be exciting. And I th- if that happened, I think the... Miami Heat would be a favorite to come out of the East for me if they kept most of the young guys, like if they kept Bam and, and uh, Jimmy Butler and um, and uh, and then they had Donovan Mitchell, like that'd be fine. And then maybe if they keep Tyler Hero, but they'd probably have to trade Tyler Hero if uh, if they wanted that to happen. Um, but yeah, that's the news in Utah. That's an update on Donovan Mitchell. That was a funny story I thought um, regarding. Zach Wilson, uh, the quarterback for the New York Jets, who went to BYU, you know, uh, home of the Cougars. And um, there was a story on, or not a story, it was on Instagram. Uh, His former ex-girlfriend, she's now dating his ex-best friend and teammate at BYU, Max um, Bellini, I think his name is. I forget what what his last name was. And she posted a picture of of them together on Instagram. And someone commented on the picture and called her a homie hopper because she was notoriously with uh, or, uh, with uh, Zach Wilson. And then they break up and then now she's with his roommate and best friend, which is always kind of weird because it's like, okay, dude, like we met through your ex, you know. And I always have a problem with that. It's like, okay, you're with like, like now you're with my best friend. Like, okay, my best friend is no longer my best friend if that happens, right? But... You know, it, it and it's like it's fine if you guys get married and she's the one, and then you guys have children and you're together. You gotta be together for at least twenty years for me to not be mad about it, right? Because then it's like, okay, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, right? Like, who cares? Like how it happened? Like it's you know, you guys end up together, then fine, get over it. But um, anyway, her response to that was very interesting. She said, "No, if you guys really want to talk about it, then um, you know, he's the one who I caught cheating." Um, I guess she said she caught cheating with or cheating on her with um, his mom's best friend, which I was like, whoa, okay. So then this story comes out that um, that Zach Wilson had been in like a, a secret relationship, I guess. Well, not a private relationship, but they probably were just hooking up with his, one of his mom's best friends who... <laughs> who's always been around the family and stuff. And Zach Wilson's like 21 years old. And um, of course, Twitter and the internet and everyone has just been uh, praising this uh, this real life, uh, the graduate situation. And um, I just thought it was just a hilarious story. And um, yeah, go Cougars, right? But, um, and then what's funny though, every, so everyone's blowing up on this. They're all talking to... Um, uh, to Zach Wilson's mom on social media, you know, and he, she's getting a bunch of followers and she's like really Mormon and stuff. Right. 
I, I, but I think they are because he went to BYU and you have to be a practicing Mormon. Obviously, Zach Wilson is not uh, practicing and he's broken all kinds of uh, Mormon rules, I think it seems like, because if he's had uh, premarital sex, especially with someone who's uh, who's older, probably in a relationship already or married. Like, come on, there's all kinds of stuff right there. Uh, but then he posts on uh, he posts on Instagram. He's like, "Oh, I was out in the wilderness in Idaho. What did I miss?" <laughs> Completely, he he knows what happened. And he knows he's all over the news right now. So it was, a, it was I thought it was pretty funny. And now Zach Wilson is skyrocketing up my fantasy football draft board. He might be the first quarterback taken off the board for me personally. Uh, but yeah, Zach Wilson. He has a dog in him. Um, I didn't think he had it in him at BYU. I never saw this kind of uh, this kind of leadership ability, but he has something in him that um, that's perfect for New York and uh, perfect for the quarterback position. And hopefully, this turns the Jets around because um, yeah, there's been a great reaction from from guys in um, uh, on the on the Jets team. But you know, I always like to think like, what if what if like she was the one that did this? What if like the roles were reversed, like? Uh, like she was a professional athlete and then you know he was just her boyfriend and then they broke up because you know she was like with someone's uh, like her dad's friend or something like would we be as uh, as delighted to hear the story like I don't I don't think we would but like you know you do you girl you know if that was the case go ahead all power to you but um so then an update on the conference realignment Promise I won't be as mad about it today, but it's it's just still uh, upsetting to hear about. But the Big Twelve, you know, the commissioner for the Big Twelve announced that they're open for business and we're 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 uh, taking all our phone calls, you know, because they want they want more money, they want more people to join the conference. So I think they're they're trying to talk to the Arizona schools and maybe the Washington schools uh, to join the Big Twelve because like okay, hey, we need to save our conference. People they picked off Oklahoma and Texas. Now we need to. We need to try to regroup and try to uh, save what we have left, right? And, you know, this this whole thing made me laugh because, well, after I was mad, I started laughing because I remember, remember when the SEC took Texas and Oklahoma and everyone was all upset. They're up there. And I was like, oh, my God, the SEC, we got to fight against the SEC. And the Big Ten was like, oh, let's form an alliance. So then there was an alliance between – there was nothing binding, no contract was signed, but – uh, the Pac-12 and the Big Big Ten were like, oh, we're gonna keep our conferences the same for a couple of years, and we're gonna we're gonna vote um, against the SEC, so we have more voters and stuff. That alliance lasted what a year, and then now um, teams have jumped ship. They joined the Big Ten. I was like, okay, because you know, Big Ten and Pac-12 have always been aligned, right? They have the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, Pac-12 waited for the Big Ten to to pause all uh, sports activities after uh, or during COVID. Um, but now, now you got to think about the ACC. What's the ACC going to do is Clemson. Clemson's a big fish there at the ACC. And, um, you know, there was rumors that they could join the SEC. Uh, there was rumors that Florida state can join, uh, the SEC and also the big 10 Notre Dame can, can join the big 10. I don't think Notre Dame's going to do anything. I think they might, uh, stand pat because, so with Notre Dame, they have a contract, an exclusive contract with NBC, and that contract expires in 2025. So I don't think Notre Dame would do anything until after 2025, until that contract expires. But basically, um, they broadcast all their games. They're like, because they're an independent, so they can schedule all their their own their entire schedule, right? But with this with this uh, deal that uh, they have with NBC, if they make a big game, like a big bowl game, usually like teams or schools that play each other they have to split the revenue 
But with Notre Dame, they get a hundred percent of the revenue, and they don't cut. They don't cut a check or split with anyone. And then if they make a, a college football playoff or championship, they get all of that revenue share. They get a hundred percent of a revenue share, and they don't split anything with any program. And then so they get they have the broadcast rights through NBC, which is a very lucrative uh, contract. I think they make ten million dollars a year off of that TV deal alone. But all this, all this conference realignment, it's all about money. It's all about TV money, right? Because now, when the Big Ten gets the, all these new schools, they could go back to the negotiating table and say, hey, uh, TV deal, person, sponsorship, ABC, ESPN, whatever. They could talk to any of them and be like, hey, we're the Big Ten. We have we have the New York market for college sports, which isn't that big, but we still have it. You know, there's still people in New York who go to school and stuff. And now we have, you know, we have the... Uh, like the Midwest area, right? And then we have, um, we have the West Coast now with, with uh, UCLA and USC, and so we have all they have all three time zones. I think they have some schools that go in the Central time zone. They got the West, you got the, and then you got the Eastern time zone, right? So, with that, they can say they can go. They have great negotiation, right? They're on their side because they have you have you covered the whole United States basically, right? And in each market, they break it up by time zones. You can you can have your commercials, you can have all your stuff run all day, pretty much on Saturdays. So that's that's a great bargaining tool for them. And the SEC they could just say, okay, we have the best uh, we have the best programs and all this, but they have all, they only have like Texas and all of the South and I guess like Missouri, right? And the Pac-12 they can't say anything because like, oh, well, we lost some schools, we lost our powerhouse schools, so they're going to be more like the MAC. Basically, so this is all about negotiation. And then if the Big Ten, everyone wants Notre Dame because they're a big fish, right? Because you know they alone bring in that ten million dollars in revenue. So if the Big Ten got Notre Dame also, they know that they would get so much more money in revenue. But the reason Notre Dame doesn't want to take it because they they might not get that ten million dollars annually from that, right? And they want they have exclusive rights and, and and that exclusive contract like why would you want to give that up you get 100 percent of the cut you're not gonna have to split it with other schools so i think notre dame ends up staying until 2025 uh florida state um yeah they're they're trying to uh, sec said oh we're gonna stay with who we have right now until texas and oklahoma join but you know how they are they say that to, to try to get um to try to get people to stop talking about it but i think They've been eyeing Florida State and uh, Clemson for a while. Um, I think those schools probably stay in the ACC for now, depending on what we see with the ACC and Pac-12. If there's like an alliance there or like some, not alliance, but like a partnership where they play championships together. I think the Big 12 and the ACC and the Pac-12 need to all just join each other right there so that they have, they also have a great um negotiation tool right there they have uh all the teams in the east and the acc you have the teams in texas and central time zone and then you have the pacific time zone right so you can kind of do the same thing with lesser schools than the big 10 but you can have the kind of the same conversation right um especially if you have uh clemson and you have florida state and florida state starts playing better in sports then that's a that's a great uh, negotiating tool that those conferences could have and they can create their own super conference right there it wouldn't make sense geographically you have a kid flying from like washington or a team flying from washington playing florida state 
have to fly over there and then they'll have to fly to Texas or something to play Texas Tech. Like, it's just not going to make sense logistically. I mean, the Big Ten, they're going to fly to L.A. and then they have to go to, like, Wisconsin. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but that that's one thing that they could do. I don't know if those conferences are going to do that. Uh, because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ego stuff and, and negotiations and how how is this gonna work um, with contracts and stuff. But uh, right now we're gonna have I think we're in, we're gonna end up having two super conferences. It's gonna be the Big Ten for sure, and they're gonna have like 16, maybe 20 schools. Uh, SEC is gonna be probably 16. It has 16 right now, I think. Um, but it's gonna have well after this after Oklahoma and Texas join, but it's gonna have like 18 to 20 teams and then all the other schools are just going to be like non-factors um they're not going to get as many recruits or anything like that so um that's like the death of college sports but uh but yeah that's kind of the update and kind of where some schools can go and and how they can realign and and just make it a little bit more interesting i guess but um that's all i have for today so thanks for joining me and we'll be back next week so thanks for listening